how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. As a literary agent early in her career, Jandy Nelson was attracted to voice-driven work. A poet and YA reader, she saw a path for herself in the subgenre of verse novel. That's when she wrote The Sky is Everything and fell in love with fiction. In this story, we follow a shy teenage musician who tries to keep things together after the death of her older, outgoing sister. Nelson has a solo writing credit for the screenplay. To understand this new craft and move from prose and poetry to screenwriting, she read all the 101 books on screenwriting and everything else she could get her hands on. She found it to be a combination of novels and poetry because of the strict structure and why every word counts. In this interview, Nelson talks about the voice-driven work, how to bring out the interior world, why every word counts, why she loves YA, how she invented, quote, lineascapes for the movie, and how to create leverage with personality-driven work. Actually, I started as a poet. So I wrote poetry my whole life and went to grad school and got an MFA in poetry and really just assumed that was it. That was my genre. That was what I did. And maybe I should have known because the poems I were writing were like hundreds of pages long. <laughs> but, um, but what happened was about 12 years ago, I got pretty obsessed with children's picture books. And I kind of wanted to crack the code on how to write them. And so I ended up going to get another MFA in children's writing. And when I was there, I started reading young adult fiction. And um, I was a literary agent at that point in my life. And so I was really, really attracted as an agent to voice-driven work, work that, like voices that were incredibly buoyant and alive. And when I got there, I started reading YA and just found the voices like that. I was just kind of blown away because I hadn't read YA since I was a young adult. Right. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know this was going on. And um, then I realized there was this whole subgenre of verse novels. And so I thought, oh, this is perfect. I'll write a verse novel. And so that's how actually The Sky is Everywhere started. I thought I was going to write a verse novel and then realized, 
I had to write it in prose and was completely terrified. I was like, I don't know how to write fiction. <laughs> but um, so that's what happened. And I wrote, that's when I wrote The Skies Everywhere and um, sort of propelled, I fell in love with fiction, like really loved writing it more than anything ever felt so right. So that is how I started writing fiction. Um, and then with the screenplays, I, you know, it's, it's funny when, when the sky is every, at first we, we tried to, um, you know, make it into a movie like 10 years ago mm -hmm. and we were going to attach a screenwriter. And ultimately over the course of that, I realized, you know what, I really wanted to adapt it myself. And so I just read like a million scripts and read every book about how to write a screenplay, a screenplay is for dummies, whatever. And, um, and just went for it. And I, I really fell in love with it. In some ways, I found it kind of is a great combination of novels and poetry because mm -hmm. it's, it's a very strict structure mm -hmm. and um, every word counts. And But at the same time, what I didn't realize before I started reading a lot of scripts was you can instill so much voice in it and have to. It needs mm -hmm. to be so alive. So I just kind of fell in love with screenwriting. Mm -hmm. yeah. How did you think about reading YA, writing YA, and then maybe writing a screenplay geared towards younger audiences. Do you think that YA today is like teenagers and young adults pretty much get what we get? Maybe the emotions are heightened. Like, how do you see those rules today of YA? Um, I think of why, the, why I love writing YA is that everything is a first. Hmm. So it's first love, first grief, first everything. And so, yes, just because of that, your emotions are heightened and um, everything is new and exciting and horrible and wonderful and everything is everything. <laughs> so I'm attracted to that in the genre too. I mean, I really love that. And I feel like, but it's an interesting thing because it is true that your young adult audience sees things in some ways can see things a little more black and white than an adult audience. And so like, for instance, in the sky is everywhere, there are some very complicated relationships that um, when I would tour the, the book and meet a lot of young people, they were like, I can't believe Lenny would do that. How could she do that? But I believe as authors, you know, part of the process is, you know, you write what you write and then, you know, it kind of teaches ambiguity and nuance and, mm -hmm and complication and life is complicated and feelings are complicated and shit happens. <laughs> was it difficult for you to turn into a screenplay? Like, was it hard to cut things? Did you go back to look at original outlines? Like, how did you kind of start to do that process? Um, well, I didn't go back to outlines at all. Um, I, I read the book a bunch of times, I mean, and listened to the book too, and just really got back in the world. And then um, my first, the first draft was probably 200 pages. So there was a lot of cutting. Um, but the most challenging part is that the novel, The Skies Ever is a very interior novel. Like it's really about her interiority and all the humor, all her emotional tumult, all her everything is interior. And so it was the challenge was how to bring that interiority, how to manifest it visually. And so there were two ways that I did it. One is um, through the poems that are scattered throughout the novel. So every time a poem would hit in the story, we'd have a flashback in the in the screenplay. But 
but more importantly, we needed, I needed to really bring out this inner world. And so we have, I created this thing called Lennyscapes that were sort of um, forays into her imagination and were really revealing of her inner life. And so, and Josephine Decker, the director, she's so incredible and just brilliant. And she just brought those Lennyscapes to life so beautifully, so magically. So that that was um, that was kind of the biggest challenge for me is really wanting to make the interior life of the character visual. So, do you have conversations with the director about that? Because a lot of um, maybe veteran screenwriters would say they would make a lookbook and say it's going to look like this, and they would just go from their history of movies. But you kind of had to create something original almost for your screenplay. Is that how you kind of saw it? You mean the Lennyscapes? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were, yeah, they were just, a lot of them were just drawn from the book and her, she had in the book, she has this very incredibly visual inner life. So that was made it kind of easy to do the, for the transition, but yeah, um, both the director and I really love magic realism. And so that was one of the reasons we got married and we're so excited because it was like, you know, that element was so, so important to the story in revealing her emotional life is going to these magical places. So in addition to rereading the book, did you also, I'm sure maybe in uh, promoting the book in the past, did anyone like interpret that poetry differently than you did? Did any of that stuff shape, you know, the way this fans of the book, did any of that stuff shape the movie, the new movie? Um, no, not so much that, but, you know, it's, I just got a letter last night from a girl who's like so excited to watch the movie. And she's like, I can't wait to see Graham's paintings. And I'm like, thank God we did that. Because <laughs> there the, there's these expectations. And there actually is a scene in the book that fans are really, really into. And it's this forest bedroom that they hang out in, the, the characters. And um, that's not in the movie. So I think that's going to raise a lot of hairs. But um <laughs> But no, but I, it was funny. I was thinking about this a lot. Like it, I, I really encourage writers to adapt their own work because you don't have to worry about pissing off the novelist, the writer, like you can do whatever you want. And for me, there was, there was some, you know, I wrote that book so long ago. It was my first book. So I had some plot problems with the book and things that irritated me, things that made me like want to go into the bookstore and like write in the margins of all the books, <laughs> published books. But um, like, for instance, the mother, um, the mother in the book has this whole narrative that never worked for me. And so it was so great because then in the screenplay, you could change it. And I did. And I was much happier with the, the way that story works in the screenplay. And it's, you know, it's, this is like kind of weird to say, but in some ways, I think because of background in poetry, maybe everybody, all screenwriters do, I think of it also besides for this vehicle to make a movie um, as a literary, literary piece, you know? And in some ways I like the screenplay more than the novel. Mm. It's, so it's kind of funny. What did you do after you read a bunch of screenplays? And I'm sure you probably read some books on outlines and those type of things. What kind of majors different? Because I think the big thing about screenplays a lot of people miss is that it, it needs to be entertaining in its own right, which I think is what you're saying. So how did you kind of go about some of those things to make it a good read on the page? Um, for me, a lot of that was instilling voice into it, like making every line 
count and and be alive in itself. So if it was, you know, you have one line to bring a character to life, just one line. So it has to really pack a punch. And I think that um, that's the way I thought about it. And like the lines of direction, you know, just you don't want to have too many and too much, you know, and that that was challenging for me because I would like I could go on for 10 pages and then this, but um, but really trying to get a line of direction to really just say exactly what you want and also to be sometimes funny and sometimes scary and sometimes I mean I, I feel like you want to put emotion into into really every line of the screenplay and to, to sort of garner an emotion from your reader. Um, yeah, so does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you have any advice um, kind of coming from your poetry background for a screenwriter? Because it seems like with poetry, you're trying to, you know, say an emotion or a feeling or a tone in a few words, in as least, least amount possible. So do you have advice about reading poetry or writing poetry, some of those things to kind of help with screenwriting? I think, yes. I mean, I really think, I think reading any voice-driven work is helpful to screenwriters. I, I found, I loved so many screenplays that I read, but some really don't have any voice. And the ones I were, was really attracted to, were really attracted to, were the ones that just um, were instilled with voice and it didn't take away, it sort of added to the story. So I feel like I would, my recommendation would be to, to read poetry, but really any voice-driven works and think about voice when you're writing a screenplay. Um, I read the script for Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've ever read that. It's so good. Like it's <laughs> from the first second, it's like, this is, it's just so lively. You can't put it down, you know? And then it's funny, like I, one of my favorite scripts is Little Miss Sunshine. and. I've seen that movie a million times and I've read the script many times, but every time I read it, I just like die laughing. I mean, it's so great in and of itself. So I think you wanna create an experience for the reader that is like any literary experience. That's really lively, you know. Are there any other um, misconceptions you had about screenwriting or maybe some bad advice you got about screenwriting? Um, that's funny. Well, I mean, in some ways I learned that less is more like left to my own devices. I think cause I'm used to working in a longer format. Like I would have, I would have had like 20,000 Lennyscapes, <laughs> right? But you kind of learn, okay, first of all, it's gonna be so expensive. Second of all, you can't follow that thread. So it was a little bit learning to pull back and for a greater sort of dramatic result. I think there was that. Um, I mean, it was a lot of trial and error. It was sort of just, you know, it's, it's when you're adapting a story that has a beginning, middle and end, you're kind of lucky in that sense. So you don't have to worry about that. So it's really um, trying to get the most bang out of the buck, I think would be like, you know, like everything coming to, you know, just the less is more, I think for me was the big thing. Like you can't have six endings. <laughs> you have to have one ending. You know what I mean? Things like that. Do you see like, did you see a mental shift in the different types of writing you do? Like if you're going to write poetry versus prose versus a screenplay, maybe even versus the editing phase of all, do you kind of switch on or off certain parts of your mind to kind of shift between those things? Or is there something you do logistically differently? Well, 
it's so interesting. In some ways, when I'm writing a novel, I'm seeing it in my head. I'm seeing it like a movie in my head. So to translate it to language is, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. <laughs> like it takes years and years and years. And writing screenplays are hard as, it's hard as well to write a screenplay, but it's almost more direct mm. in a weird way because you're just translating something that is already visual in your mind to a visual medium. Mm. So, or what will be a visual medium. So um, there's something about it I found it more natural in a way or more direct. I can't really explain it any other way. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'm in a different head when I write the three things, mm -hmm. definitely. I mean, when I write, I wrote my last novel in like a dark room with earphones on and I mean, just completely dark and the only light coming from the computer screen was like mental, right? For years I wrote in this dark room. And um, I didn't have to do that for the screenplay. And maybe that's because the plot was already worked out and the characters, I already mm. had them. But for the screenplay, I could be in a room with light <laughs> and just kind of work, you know. You find a, do you find a different experience with your different novels? Like, do you, or is it possibly just shifting over time as you grow as a writer? How do you kind of see those things as you change over time? Definitely. And I don't even know if it's growing because every book feels harder than the last one and more complicated. And um, but I, I do think the book, the story itself makes certain demands on you that changes how you write it physically, like whether in the dark or in a room that actually has a window, you know, or but, you know, deeper than that, too, I think you're using different parts of yourself, whether it's your heart, your mind. I mean, you want to use all those things, but I feel like, um, yeah, I think, I do think each book, I mean, when I wrote The Sky is Everywhere, I wrote it in kind of this incredible fugue state or whatever. I was just, I wrote it really quickly and I was sobbing the whole time. And, mm. you know, it was just a very emotional experience, the first draft. And then, but it took me years to edit it. And then, but with, my second book, I'll Give You the Sun, it took, you know, it just came much, much slower. And then with this new book I'm writing, it just was like 1500 pages. It was just, I'm cutting it now. It just, mm. yeah, it's taken years. What do you do? Um, what do you do now that's maybe different from your first book in terms of like when you hit a roadblock or a barrier, do you go for a walk? Do you do, what kind of things do you do to get in and out of that mental state? Um, I definitely go for walks. I lately started during the pandemic, started gardening. So, and I'm obsessively check on the flowers. Like <laughs> I checked on them before talking to you to see if they've grown in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, but in a way, as I've gotten more and more into this as a career, it's just, I just kind of stick to it just force it. I mean, I know that a lot of people don't, but I just kind of put in the time and just, even when it's not flowing, when I don't feel inspired, try to work through it and pray for a good day the next day. Is there any, we'll just do maybe one or two more. Is there any um, advice you'd like to pass on to young writers starting today or any advice you wish you had earlier in your career? 
Um, I think the most important thing and what was revelatory for me as a writer is realizing that your voice is unique and you're the only one that can tell this story the way you're gonna tell it. And so I feel like that's very important for young writers to know is that what makes them unique, every little, their inner iconography, whatever they're thinking about, whatever they love, whatever they hate, all of that is gonna, is what makes their voice so special. And so to really try to get that on the page, to get your personality on the page, to get the, your voice on the page. That, that for me was revelatory. And I think it frees people up. It's sort of like, just get yourself on the page and then let it rip even further. Like go for it even more. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.